Hello and thank you and welcome to the Love and Light um, podcast and today I have the amazing, super creative Marissa Hilton Art who is also the founder, I think, is it the founder? Of yeah. that British visual artist, yeah. So today we're just going to talk about a lot of things um, and so uh, where do I start? Into, tell people who you are. Okay, so I'm Marissa and I'm a multidisciplinary artist so I, I mainly work in painting and sculpture, but I'll kind of move into whatever else I feel to. And I am the founder of Black British Visual Artists as well, which is a um, education and networking um, organisation for emerging black artists in the UK. Cool, cool. Um, I've had the pleasure of being around that community. It's an amazing community. I love seeing all of the support that each of the artists give each other on Instagram. It's really, really beautiful. It's a really beautiful thing to be witnessing and to be a part of. So I'm really grateful for that. So I'm going to start out by asking you, how did your artistic journey begin? Um, I think just from, from when I was little. So, I mean, my parents, my, my parents have got pictures and stuff that I drew when I was like three and four mm. so um I think the first time they they kind of realized that there was something that they could nurture was um in infant school um there was a kind of a competition to design um a book cover mm. and I went ahead and I designed and wrote the whole book because I kind of got it a little bit wrong and then they actually published it and put it in the school library with all the little um illustrations and everything so I think my parents were kind of like oh okay so she's quite she's all right with this Pioneering. Then, yeah <laughs> they just they just let me they just let me go with that from there basically nice 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 so um we've spoken and you're very quite open and you advocate for um artists with disabilities um yourself as somebody who is, has has a disability how has your disability and mental health um had an impact on your creative journey like your creative expression and all of that how have you been impacted in any way um yeah i would say that the um um i say that the mental health side of it um, has been more definitely more impactful over a longer period of time because I didn't really look into the disability side of things until um, last year okay. so um, yeah when I had my oh let me know if this is making like noise because for some reason it's just like super creaky but um, yeah when I after I had my son I had my first son I had postnatal depression so um, and also I went back to work quite early as well. Mm -hmm. um, even though I was working in a creative field, I was working in um, textiles and interior design, but I wasn't really getting the opportunity to, to use my creativity in a way that would help me. Mm -hmm. So my, everything, all my efforts were going into this company and, and, and everything. And um, as much as I loved the job, I just, I could feel the creativity being sucked out of me. And then mm -hmm. along with the pressures of that came stress. And then that played more on the um, postnatal depression and, and all of that. And so I basically in, um, I think it was 2014, I just decided to, to quit work, mm -hmm. um, like corporate world. Mm -hmm. and um because it was starting to really take its toll mm -hmm. and um 
yeah, when I quit that and just kind of got back into art and creating, mm-hmm. that's when I was able to um, kind of like release a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and be a lot, um, just be a lot more honest with myself about, um, you know, issues that I had that needed addressing that um, when I was at work and, you know, I'd, I'd kind of gone through the whole um you know, being very open with work about the stress and the depression and everything. And they, they were good. They sorted out, you know, counselling and um, and help and everything. Um, so I did the whole talking, the whole talking thing. But then when it, it wasn't until I left that job and started almost like my own art therapy, mm-hmm. that that's when things got better. Mm-hmm. And I was able to just... Um, yeah, just release a lot of stress and a lot of tension and do it in a, in a creative way, in a, in a non-destructive way. Mm. And so I think that's, um, that's why I'm, I'm a big advocate of art as a form of therapy because it's not a case, every, not everybody can get their issues out verbally. Okay. Some people are very visual or that, you know, they, they do things visually or they work with their hands or they're creative. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're definitely, um, there's definitely more than one outlet for therapy and one, and one, there's more than one method of therapy. But I think um, when it comes to mental health, they, they really push the whole um, talking therapies, counseling and everything. And sometimes you know that's it's it's not a case of one size fits all everybody's very individual so you have to really find what works for you and I think art has always worked for me and I don't know why I didn't get back to it well I know why I didn't get back to it earlier because I was trying to be the the big corporate career woman and um yeah I think it just you know um passion and purpose took over so (laughs) Yeah, I can kind of relate to that because I know from my own experience of of, of domestic abuse and trauma, I found it as much as people think of me as somebody that can speak a lot and I can articulate my point. It was such a personal situation, but it was really difficult for me to contextualize it in a way that made sense to people. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was a part of the art project that I was a part of, which was specifically for women who had been... um, in being impacted by domestic abuse and the project was her story through art. Since then, as you're saying, creativity and art and doing it in that way has been such a, such a therapeutic thing to me that I actually started to be a therapeutic um, art life coach because I wanted to marry the two disciplines of the coaching people and helping people, but to use it from a stance of creative expression. Cause as you've explained, not everybody can do the talking therapy things. Cause sometimes people are not ready to talk their story. Mm-hmm you know so that's 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 really interesting um what i you know one of the things that i admire about you is that you're very um you're very proactive you're very vocal about how you feel but there's also a kind of when i look at your when i look at your posts and i look at your artistry and the things that you present you have a very kind of in a way kind of under under it all a sensitive kind of feminine energy to what you do you may not think so but that's what i see when i look at your art when I look at your artistry, when I look at your painting, like I've looked at some of your paintings, particularly the intricacy, because you do like some bits of mandala art and then you've got Buddhist elements in there. And then you're like, you've merged a lot of, you know, um, kind of, I would say more like indigenous spiritual practices into your art. Do you want to explain like where that's come from? I think um, it's definitely, 
I'm, I, I don't subscribe to any religions or anything like that, but I do believe in um, like universal energy, universal spirit. And, you know, however, I don't, I don't particularly think that it's limited by a particular race or a culture. Universal energy is universal. And so whichever way you, you experience it or choose to um, express it, it's, it's basically whatever whatever comes to me at the time but I think I've always been very um, interested in things like um, symbolism and sacred geometry the the actual um, the thing around um, geometry sacred geometry actually came via um, I think it was my was it my university one of my university lecturers because we were no it was my college one of my college lecturers and we were um, learning about things like the golden section and Fibonacci sequence and, and um, um, fractals and that kind of geometry. And that's what led me into looking more into that side of things. Okay. So it's, I mean, when I'm creating work, I think I subconsciously apply that because mm. I've got formal art teaching as well. Mm. So I think subconsciously, my mind automatically creates like I, I look at a canvas or I look at a, a look at an object and I can I break it down into the golden section and I break it down into I, I can see like sacred geometry in the space that I need to use and where I want to place things okay. and it's just it's almost like um it's weird it's like I've got a uh what you call it you know like um terminator <laughs> a really weird analogy you know like you scan things yes i scan i scan a space before i use it yeah, yeah. so it's like i i see a, i see it the space and i scan it before i use it and then i can i lay things out in that way it's, it's quite hard unless people if anyone that doesn't know about like um sacred geometry and fibonacci and golden seat sections and all that kind of thing was probably thinking what is she going on about but if you know about it you know that even with um, you know like the great master painters and that kind of thing, that's how they work. Like Leonardo da Vinci was really big on sacred geometry and uh -huh. um, fractals and that kind of thing, and a lot of and his work is immersed in it uh -huh. all over, and it's just something that's always really interested me. Do you know what? That's quite beautiful as you go back to that because in the beginning you were talking about universal energies and the universe, but fractals is part of you. It's part of the universal stuff yeah. that actually happens, and then it comes out into into something beautiful that is a creative. It's a creative expression through nature. So I can I can definitely see that in your art. So it's been really interesting. I, I think one time I watched one of your videos and the intricacy that you were going in because I'm very much of a free flow artist and I don't. I like to do all different kinds of things, but I was looking yeah. with diligence and I was watching you and you, and then you put like, I haven't done this bit right. So I had to start again. And I was like, oh my God, it was so really wonderful to watch because I'm nothing like that when it comes to my, I, even sometimes I look at the faces and I'm like, oh, that looks a bit wonky, but I'm, how am I going to fix it? Like I'm so different, but it's beautiful to see somebody else's practice and you explaining how that is because I noticed it in your art. Um, what, what do you do in terms of, like your self-care practices how do you manage your self-care in line with managing a business because you're you know at the moment i know that you're doing that amazing art unlock which is a fantastic um virtual um, gallery thing that you're doing at the moment how are you managing your self-care um at that at this time dealing with everything coming from covid and stuff that's happened the black lives matter stuff that we've experienced 
then having to get back back into you know the new normal as they call it and still be able to facilitate your business how are you managing your self-care through that in all honesty i wasn't self-care kind of went out the window um trying to do i am sorry i'm getting better at it now though but trying to juggle um you know, having the children at home during lockdown. And I mean, I've homeschooled them before, but then they went back to school. They went, and then they went to school and I kind of got used to that freedom. Mm-hmm. So when they came home, it was just like, Oh my God, I got to do this again. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I think my, my time was very much consumed with them and feeling guilty about not producing any work, but then trying to make sure that I kept, um, BBVA ticking over and you know so that I didn't kind of fizzle out over this period but um, for me my self-care is just um, doing nothing sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes I, I mean what I what I do now is I give myself a to-do list so I might list three things that I have to do no more than three because it's got to be something that's achievable mm-hmm. and so three small tasks to do that lead up to something you know lead up to you know the the bigger picture but once I've got those three things done the rest of the day is mine Mm. and I used to have a real problem with not being busy Mm. so it was the case of okay, I'm not, I'm sh- I'm, there's something I should be doing right now. I'm not doing anything. What needs doing? Let me go and look for something to do. And my husband kept on saying, keep, he keeps on saying to me, you know, it's all right for you to not do anything. You don't always have to be busy. You can just chill out. Mm. And so, yeah, my, my chill out is I either go to the, I go um, to, well, now the gym's open, I can go to the gym again. Or um, I just go for a walk or a run because we live right by the river. So... Mm. I'll just go out for a walk or run. Or if I don't want to go outside, my guilty pleasure is Nollywood and I'll sit and I'll watch Nollywood <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's, I love that you're being so honest with that because sometimes people think that a self-care practice has to be something that's been specified like meditation or yoga or something like that. At the end of the day, we actually know, our brain knows in one way what we need yeah I know when I need to when I need to meditate or when I need to kind of like rebalance myself and focus yeah. I've got things in place for that so I I do a lot of um work with I mean you probably know that I do a lot of stuff with crystals and I do a lot of stuff with sound frequencies yeah. so I know when I need to get my crystals out and I know when I need to you know tune into my frequencies and everything so if I'm at the point where I feel I need that then I will use that in my self-care but most of the time I just need to um, just stop mm-hmm. as in not be on my phone not be in my diary not be with all my my art stuff um, sometimes art is my self-care as well sometimes just creating something is self-care but the majority of the time it's just stopping and doing nothing because that is something that I really used to struggle with doing nothing I can relate to that yeah you relate to that I mean I've raised I've four children and working as a senior manager of an organization so my whole life experience changed for what me being stalked and attacked and having PTSD and having to slow and not being able to work I struggled with just being still that's why yeah. I 
because I had to figure out I don't need to rush here I don't need to like there were times um, with the children where I had to be at birthday parties at the same time but different friendship groups and having to like put on a Wonder Woman suit to be able to go to both places at yeah. the same time, and then have yeah. to pick one up and explain to the parents I'm sorry I'm late and it, it was a constant this and then my manager would be emailing me on the weekend to ask me if I could come in it was constantly like that so when my life I really did struggle with being still. And it's funny that you mentioned the three things to do list because that's what I do now. And myself, yeah. a range of things. Sometimes it's meditating. Yesterday, I actually went to my cousins and I, I have a cousin that he makes me laugh so much. All I did was laugh till I cracked. My stomach has been hurting me now. You know when you have those ab aches? Yeah, yeah. you've had a workout, yeah. <laughs> and cracking up at so many things um, but you've touched on crystals and I was going to ask you about that I noticed that some of your pieces you actually make crystal jewelry beautiful crystal jewelry and pieces why why is that like what is that about um I think it's because I realized that we are so disconnected and a lot of the time we don't realize that our bodies and our beings we are made up of the same things as the earth we are made up of the same atoms we vibrate at the same frequency mm -hmm. and because of everything that we are bombarded with that can knock our vibrations and it can knock our frequencies and sometimes you need to be brought back in line and you know um things like crystals and it's not just um crystals so crystals and minerals as well they have their own frequencies and they work in balance so you know depending on what you need mm -hmm. you can select groups of crystals to work mm -hmm. with that will help realign your you know your vibrational frequency and i think we and a lot of the time when I'm making them, I go outside to do it. So I make sure I, I'm, I, I'm outside and I'm barefoot. So I'm grounded as well. Nice. Um, like, if, you know, weather permitting and that kind of thing. But I just, it's something that I've, when I think about it, I've always collected crystals, probably since I was about eight or nine. My first trip to the Natural History Museum and I bought an amethyst. I remember that was my first crystal. And I've always had crystals and, um, Crystals and ab ab abalone, abalone shells. My, my grandmother always had them in her house as well. Yeah. And she was never the sort of person that said, don't touch this, don't touch that. Stuff was covered in plastic. She would always let us touch stuff, but said, you know, just touch it, but respect it. Don't break it. Yeah, yeah. And so this, these are all things that my grandmother used to have as well. And I was always really interested in them. And... I just wanted to I, I I wanted to learn more about them and the connection and I just think we spend so much time around you know technology and around concrete and you know plastic and man-made things and you know like we wear shoes all day how are we supposed to connect to the earth and we're wearing rubber-soled shoes all day things like that and so they're they're a way to um because I've I mean my I've got like Oh, massive heavy bowl full of them here like there's loads of them in here oh, beautiful but you know they're um these are those are my my personal ones and then i've got another box full of other ones as well but they're my connection they're my kind of connection and i've i've had really good experiences with them i use them with my children as well mm. and um yeah i just got into it through that really 
one of the things you talk about children and connecting with children and you use them with your children and stuff like that I noticed that you're an art tutor as well which anybody yeah. I mean you must be having an amazing time I've seen some of the artwork that some of your students put and I I'm a big ballers they call you cry too much I'm always crying so sometimes I see some of your posts and I see work that these young people do and I'm so happy that they have an opportunity to be able to do that because a lot of young people don't have that in their life that yeah. other way to express themselves outside of the traditional um, schooling structure mm-hmm. you you tutor young people I noticed that you tutor um, young people between the ages of 11 and 19 is there any reason why I that's think that's yeah that's when the creativity gets bashed out of them Mm. So in primary school, they're 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 given they're they're messy and they're given everything and you know they're they're told to bring in things to make things and they get to secondary school, and it's 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 knocked out of them, mm. and then they get past that stage and they're expected if they are if they do take that up they're expected to then go back to it and find this creativity out of nowhere, mm. and I just think that. Because in that that secondary school age group, things, um, you know, the arts and sports are the things that are kind of being cut in those those areas. And to be honest, the arts is something where a lot of um, a lot of children really excel in the arts. And, you know, the more you, the more distant they get from that, the, the more they tend to fall behind, not just in a creative, not just creatively, but also with communication as well. I can definitely use that, yeah. Yeah, so the, the students that I've got, it's, um, their parents um, contacted me because they, they saw that their children have got, you know, they, they've got this talent and they can see it slipping or they can see it not being encouraged enough in school so that's when they brought me in but I've also recently had um, a lady she's a, a mother of two who's contacted me um, so she, I'm going to be tutoring her from September as well so I'm actually going to extend it to adults as well because I just didn't <laughs> didn't occur to me that, that adults would actually want to like and she's never done any art before but she's actually decided that she wants to do it as part of her well-being package so she's so yes she's going to be i'm going to be teaching her from september lovely nice um one other thing that i was going to ask you why did you choose to do art unlock what was the basis for that um i wasn't creating anything and i felt guilty and i wondered if anybody else was doing the same (laughs) (laughs) i love the honesty i this is what i love this this is exactly (laughs) what i love about you sometimes i look at your stories and I am busting up because you're just so honest and straight. Not many people would come on a podcast and be so authentic. And that is what I have so much respect about you for. And a lot of the things that you post, a lot of the things that you say, I wasn't creating. I felt guilty. So I wanted to know. I did, Jack, for the first three, four weeks of lockdown, it was a case. Of, and the thing is, what I did do, what I did do is I ran the, the BBVA talks because, you know, we did, we yeah. did one as well. Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, I can't be the only person who's sitting here panicking about not doing anything. And so I just thought to myself, do you know what, yeah, let's keep artists talking. Let's keep it, you know, keep the conversation going so that people know that they're not the only, you know, that they're not the only ones. So, yeah, I guess primarily it was kind of me thinking, okay, I'm not doing anything. I wonder if anyone else is not doing anything. (laughs) 
then, but the thing is it got it after a while after we kind of got used to that um that you know that obviously that whatever our normal was at the time yeah. i just thought to myself okay we're getting to the point now where people are starting to get out of their feelings a little bit more and you know get more comfortable and there's a flying here it needs to go out sorry it's going to really bug me right um yeah so people started to create more work and i think the, the more we moved into that lockdown period the more things people were starting to feel and experience and how else do you kind of show that like where do you show it who do you show what your experience was of this really weird time period that we've been yeah. going through yeah 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 definitely and so yeah and i mean on my like at the beginning of each year i do a vision board and i had my my vision board and on there i had um a summer exhibition for bbva and then lockdown started and i was like okay well let's cross that off that's obviously not going to happen but then i realized that on my vision board i never specified how the exhibition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And so yeah i just thought do you know what yeah we can do it online we do an online exhibition it will be international so everyone can see it and then yeah it's it still goes ahead and the art that we've got in the exhibition is just it's it's amazing and it's Beautiful. definitely i want it to be a precursor yeah. for a physical one okay. definitely Beautiful. i'm mesmerized by the art that i that i see and it actually starts tomorrow doesn't it it's actually tomorrow, tomorrow morning. it's going live tomorrow morning yep um, and I'll definitely be hitting that up and looking at it. I've seen so many beautiful art, and I like the fact that there's so many different types of artists in there, different ages. It's really beautiful to see a lot of young people because they're the next generation coming up, and yeah. they're getting an opportunity to feel empowered to put their stuff out there. It will help them with their confidence. So by the time they reach like my, well, I'm in my mid forties now. By the time they reach my point, they'll be at a stance where they should be like, yes. One quick other thing I wanted to ask you. What advice do you have for any creatives out there whose artwork is not being sold and feeling lack of motivation and anything like that? What would you say to that artist, no matter their age? What would you say? Um, I would say speak to other artists and get feedback on your work. So if your work is not being, if your work is not selling or you're not feeling confident about it, yeah. there's there's a reason why work doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a case of it not being good enough. It may be presentation. It may be the way it's... There, there's a whole thing around marketing and presentation of work. Mm -hmm. And it kind of... It, it, selling work and feeling confident comes hand in hand. Because when you sell something, it boosts your confidence. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Um, it's definitely something that it, it helps to speak to other artists, speak to other people. Um, I would say if you can get yourself a mentor, I've got two, I've got two mentors. They're both older, more established artists mm -hmm. and they're completely different. So don't get yourself two mentors that have, or, you know, mentors that are on the same kind of mindset as you. They're, mine are like chalk and cheese and we all, you know, I clash with both of them all the time, but, it's definitely well worth getting advice from other people and just never, um, never be afraid to keep learning, keep learning things. Like I'm learning stuff all the time. And when I learn things, I pass them on. And I'm also, I'm not afraid of um, making mistakes with my work. 
So yeah. sometimes I post, you know, sometimes you'll post things and you, and you know, you, you won't get any reaction or you won't get any engagement. And I'm just, at first I'd be like, Oh, maybe this is crap. Maybe I should delete it. And I thought, actually, do you know what? Not that fast. Not that fast. Not that bothered. So I, I move on to something else. Thank so you. just don't wait for other people to validate your work, basically. Perfect. But do not, did you hear that? Do not wait for other people to validate your stuff. Even though you're asking for support and mentors, at the end of the day, you still should not be waiting for other people to validate. Marissa, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I'm mindful of the weather and that you might want to go back out and spend some time with your family or do something. I want to go outside. <laughs> I'm staying in. It's too hot. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure um thank you for inviting me this is the amazing um marissa hilton art uh, check out her work she's got some beautiful pieces varied pieces as well which is really lovely because of your multidisciplinary artist you have lots of different stuff i love looking at your stuff it's such a pleasure i will be online tomorrow to look yep. at your um art on a lot and i have referred other people to look at it as well so this has been an pleasure this is amjana bashadley from the love and light uh podcast telling you love and light infinity and have a pleasant remainder to whatever it is that you're going to do next love and light sis Peace. thank you see you see ya why is this thing not allowing me to stop it hold on <laughs>